here we are, all fudged up with um, Matt Salves, Linda, a biochemist. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Of this course. So awesome. <laughs> it's wonderful to meet you. This is our first time speaking at all, so it's lovely yes. to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you, too. Yes. Um, so... Uh, Linda, like I, I've been following you for a little while, and I'm really interested in your in your product. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Great. Well, I started MedSalve around 2019. Um, I have injuries on my feet. Um, I have a neuralgia, and so I wanted to find something to help with the pain. I use several salves on the market, CBD or no CBD, um, and I didn't really see much benefit or any help with uh, my pain. And so I realized I'm like, well, let me let me make something. And I was just cooking it up at home, and uh, I started to take it more seriously, 2021. Um, uh, I was working with this whiskey brand and I decided to leave and started to do med salve. Now I, I would consider it three fourths time and I'm doing contract formulation on the other, on the other side with, for other brands, um, oh. as, as well as a consumer food and beverage. Wow, that's amazing. So basically you went from being a patient yourself and finding what works for you and just over the last couple of years, it's that's amazing. Yes, I've noticed uh, there's a lot of buzzwords with uh, something will say it's transdermal, but you look at the ingredients, there's no penetration enhancing ingredients. And so I was like, okay, this is just a dermal product, which is fine. There is studies that show that um, dermal CBD does penetrate a little bit, but not completely. And I wanted uh, something that actually had some punch to it. <laughs> Absolutely. So for somebody who doesn't know anything, what can, what is Salva? Oh, what is a salve? Okay, so. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, salve, sorry. Yes, a salve is a skin product that has a oily finish to it. Um, it can be formulated with at least 50% uh, oil to water solution. And it is um, very viscous, so quite thick. Um, it's comparable to a balm. So, uh, some people use balm and salve uh, interchangeably, but balms are kind of like you see something in like a chapstick, you'll see uh, a lip balm that's like a bit harder. A salve is maybe a little bit more softer than a balm. Awesome. Um, and so do you grow your own uh, cannabis in order to, for the raw ingredients for the raw ingredients i'm using a manufacturer that is local okay, okay. and i uh, noticed just looking at your website oh sorry no go ahead uh, i uh, i um i source my products uh 
from, uh, I live in Austin, Texas. And so uh, I see some Miami. of it from uh, Colorado and some of it here in Austin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like, it's prohibition land there, right? Like, Well, it is very interesting because within Texas, um, the, in Austin, uh, cannabis has been decriminalized up to half an ounce as long as you don't have, uh, you know, over that amount while you're, if you're stopped. Um, and we're talking about just cannabis, but uh, CBD products smokables have recently been overturned which is quite interesting but if now there's been some finesse with uh manufacturers where they'll say on the label um like cbd flower but um for like for like ingested use only instead of like declaring smoke, that smoke which is like mm -hmm. Interesting, <laughs> but it's kind of great. The CBD in particular, um, it's it it's totally fine too. So, as long as it doesn't have any THC or um, oh yes, as long is as it as like it the point zero three? The Okay. Are you in the Austin area? Because I have a I have another bestie that lives in Austin. Yes, I am in the Austin area. Fun. Keep it weird. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I noticed that um, on your website, you your it have you have different kinds. Like you have the rosemary and the sage and stuff. Uh, is there different benefits to that? Yes. So um, when people like to talk about full spectrum CBD, for example. The full spectrum has other terpenes um, within the hemp plant, but uh, I wanted to also highlight that other plants um, also have terpenes in them, and those terpenes have therapeutic anti-inflammatory properties. So the rosemary salve is made with 100% uh, rosemary essential oil that's organic, and um, that rosemary essential oil also has anti-inflammatory terpenes um, that actually help with uh, pain. So along with the CBD um, vehicle for pain, you also get that full spectrum from another plant that has anti-inflammatory properties. So wow. when people say, oh, well, this you're just using, you know, CBD isolate, I'm like, yes, but... Um, to enhance that uh, if you don't have uh, rosemary allergies or lavender allergies and lavender has similar properties as well and those terpenes can help with them. That was something I found, yeah, I mean, how is that any different than like an Epsom soak or a bath bomb or something like that? I mean, terpenes are actually found in pretty much everything and it, as a grower, that's something I'm just now starting to research and dive into or different terpenes. Um, you know, and some of them, like you, you memorize it easier because they were already found in something else that we were using in our medicine or in our creams, or like you said, in salve. So, yes, or in our foods, like lime and lemons have limoline and linalol that is found in uh hemp and also in um herbs like mint. Uh, and it, I'm so glad you brought that out because, um, 
when you are using plant medicine and I feel like there's a lot of debunking to go through that process and um, especially uh, the way you're extracting and how much terpenes are present that is very important too because some people will say oh well you know it has you know a little bit it says on the label it has you know rosemary extracts and it's supposed to help but what kind of rosemary extract is it cold pressed because um, that's a very you know very important cold press extraction um, can lead to uh, a different amount of terpenes present um, versus if you do you know a steam extraction um, you get different terpenes or you get a different profile uh, completely and maybe even uh, less yield less amounts of it in the final product I think the same could probably be just said about like dabs and, and concentrates and wax. Obviously, you know, nowadays we have a lot of different ways of extracting and creating concentrates and that has a vastly different, you know, effect. And like you said, terpene profile, just based on how it's being extracted. Yes. Wow. And uh, it's also good for awarding for some people. Cause I noticed some people have like uh, allergies which is why i had an original formula um and it has nothing that you could be allergic to um that is widely allergic um, i i wanted to put that out there for those that are kind of weary <laughs> when something is scented um i know with artificial scents i have certain allergic reactions to like artificial citrus um I do too. Yeah. My skin can be quite sensitive um, as far as perfumes go, but some, it, even with our skincare, you know, some people you read like alcohol or something and they automatically assume it's a bad thing, but yes. depending on the formula and stuff, it's, you know, safe. It's completely safe. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, the, 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 the smells is definitely a thing. And um, my mom and I are both like, when it comes to artificial smells, like, you know, they can be overwhelming and, you know, and then you get a, in a, you know, a lot of us work in an office with a bunch of other people or, um, or have to deal with a bunch of other people at any given time. So it's like, it can be overwhelming just to go to the grocery store sometimes. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. I, I rarely use artificial um, perfumes but um, if I do use perfume I do like to make my own like <laughs> essential oil concoction but sometimes you know air with caution a carrier oil goes a long way so oh yeah I knew somebody her mother was using essential oil directly on the skin without any carrier oil or anything like that years and her and like she had to go to the hospital randomly on a Wednesday because we had to put strips and stuff for not using proper oils. So. Yes, the contact dermatitis. Um, also, if you live in a very sunny climate, um, over time, you, uh, the sun, when it hits the essential oils on your skin, it does this um, interesting reaction that causes this photosensitizing and mm -hmm. it can cause flare-ups. 
with that. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, you don't really think about it until it happens. <laughs> yes, yes. So if, if anyone does want to use like myself, I do recommend um, like after you finish working out for like soreness um, and possibly just for like bedtime purposes. So because at mm -hmm. night your body's already regenerating. And so that's where I have like, uh, I feel like is where um, really beneficial. Yeah. Versus so you, like during the day, and, um, let's say right. like on your arm and you're outside and let's say you want to take a hike and you know, the sun, um, I'm just kind of cautious with that. Cause like over time you can have a sense of, um, a sensitivity along with the sun exposure with, um, oh. with essential oils. That's interesting. Cause, um, you know, we both grow. Um, so, it, you know, there's some growers like to use neem oil um, oh, for yeah. pesticides, but there's a problem with using it while the lights are on, even if you're inside growing. So, you know, you have to be really careful about doing it like in the dark and all that stuff. So that's interesting that it kind of does the same thing, like different, maybe neem oil as well, but you know, just the essential oils can have, create a reaction with the sun. Yes, exactly. It's all connected. <laughs> it is all connected. <laughs> I think with anything, you know, there there are benefits and risks. Same with medicine or, you know, special lotions. Just because something works for one person and their skin, you know, doesn't necessarily mean like this is the, this is the rules, it's guaranteed, you know what I mean? Like testing. Um, some people recommend like spot tests, you know, on your skin, yeah. lather it all over you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. So what would you recommend? You said you could use it for yourself you, as a patient first. And it just wasn't really working for you. Is there anything that you can like discuss with us that you did differently, perhaps when it came to developing your own product versus yes. what you had tried so in the past? I would say pretty much all um, products that I used that were just, you know, over the counter on the market, um, were some of them, I was actively seeking transdermal because with my background, I knew that whatever ingredient that is in the salve, the transdermal will help, um, the active ingredient penetrate deeper to where your nerve cells are. And, um, that's where, uh, so a little, uh, biochemistry, um, your skin has these several layers of the epidermis, but where your nerve endings are, are in the dermal layer. And uh, with these nerve endings, when you are feeling pain, there are these molecules called prostaglandins. And these prostaglandins are causing the irritation on your nerves. And so depending on, you know, the physiology of the injury, uh, your body is naturally releasing these prostaglandins as kind of a defense mechanism, but unfortunately it is irritating to your nerves. And so whatever that was on the market that I was seeking was something that was going to be a prostaglandin blocker. Internally, I was using ibuprofen, but that can only go so far. NSAIDs are quite um, <laughs> such a different topic, but they just have a, a peak threshold. 
um, when it comes to something dermal, I was thinking, okay, uh, let's let's see. And and I was noticing, I was looking at the back of these products. It's essentially these transdermal products are just a dermal product. Um, it's nothing different than Lubriderm plus CBD, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it's very important with with what I was doing. Um, I wanted to have a penetration enhancer um, ingredient. And there's several different kinds of penetration enhancer ingredients. There's some that are oil soluble, some that are what's called amphipathic, that have like a water loving head on the molecule and an oil loving head on the molecule. And then there's some that are just lipophilic. And with mine, I have one that is lipophilic, um, that's oil loving as well as one that is amphiphilic, which is it has um, some water-loving and oil-loving properties to the molecule. That is a, a, a well-known uh, penetration enhancer. And that within itself, in the vehicle of the CBD, and the way I also formulated it is that um, um, my previous job, I was a quality control supervisor. And um, when it came to making sure every batch is consistent is very crucial, as well as understanding certain temperatures can, let's say you put a certain ingredient into something uh, and you're not being careful with the temperature. Let's say, you know, the instrument you're using is saying on the instrument, it's, uh, you know, 100 degrees Celsius. But the thermometer, you, let's say you walk away for five minutes and you come back, the thermometer is not saying 100 degrees Celsius, the thermometer is saying 120 degrees Celsius. And that could be due to numerous of things like quality with the instrument. And I'm very particular with temperature because with CBD products at a certain temperature, you can phase it out a solution. And I guess I worry with certain brands I don't think a lot of brands have an actual biochemist that is looking at the standard operating procedures and making sure that at the end of the day, there is CBD at the end of their final product. And I know for a fact with mine, there is because I'm looking at the temperature and making sure that there are penetration enhancers that are going to get into your nerves. And that's something that's very important to me. Excellent. Um, so what would you say to anyone that might be concerned um, about, you know, marijuana getting into the bloodstream, which I know that it wouldn't, and it, there's not really enough psychoactive, um, material, but, uh, just anybody that might be concerned about that, like, oh, okay. what would you say? For sure. So... I am using CBD isolate for a reason because I am in uh, Texas, but also um, it has the, the manufacturer that supplied as well as I got it third party tested to make sure um, it has less than 0.3% THC. So CBD is not psychoactive. Um, I like to think of CBD um, as kind of this anchoring in a hemp plant. If you think of like a defense mechanisms for plants, um, cactus have these thorns and spines to make sure, and it also has this waxy coating to make sure that the water that it does accumulate 
um, over a period of time uh, helps with um, the prolonging of the cactus, you know, to in the desert to have water. To me with CBD and hemp, uh, these plants have, and, and other plants, they've gone through years and years and years of evolution and they've uh, created uh, these systems and networks of all these different cannabinoids to make sure that when it's beating at a certain uh, temperature and hotness in the, of the sun, CBD is also an antioxidant. And it's helping with the oxidative stress of the plant itself. So it is a defense mechanism against the sun's UV rays. And I think of it as it's kind of a natural sunblock, um, very tiny. That's cool, not yeah. Enough for, not enough for, um, you know, for humans. For humans, but <laughs> right, for it's plants, like straight on, up, yeah. on, on their cellular level, CBD mm -hmm. um, helps with um, the trigger pressure with the water. It helps with um, making sure that, you know, when the UV rays are hitting it, um, that, you know, the, the hemp plant is, is utilizing the photosynthesis properly, the photosynthesis of one and two, but um, it just has some uh, oxidative stress help um, at, at a small level. And I think of that's what CBD um, is for for hemp plants, but for us, it gives us different properties. And, and I see CBD as an anchor in that sense. <laughs> right. I thought it was interesting what you said about, you know, just how important temperature and regulation and stuff like that when it comes to big business and manufacturers and stuff maybe that does get lost the get lost somewhere in yeah. techniques i saw angie kind of you know nodding her head too because that is definitely true in the thc industry in you know the marijuana industry um depending on the states and even then like so i don't live in oklahoma so don't come for me people but from my understanding is that like in certain states i think missouri too so never mind but you have to have it like tested you know for certain levels of everything before it can hit the shelf yeah. but i know so many cases especially in oklahoma just from people i talk to who say that like no they're not the tests are not only kind of bunk but the results are bunk based on just how, where they're testing the plant how they're testing the plant and like as by the time it does hit the shelf is that even accurate you have percentages of thc and cbd saying like oh this is 23 percent thc and like 1.2 percent cbd I, I just it's hard to believe that you know because it does get lost. I think somewhere with local business, when you're doing it yourself, same with the home grower, when you're growing it yourself and you're making these products yourself, it's so much better. The end product is so much better because you are making sure you're so small, you know, you're small batch. So you're making sure it's good. Yes, exactly. And one thing I wanted to say is that, um, so the way these testings work, um, let's say I, give myself to a third party tester. They're using uh, a gas chromatography machine um, that is siphoned along with a mass spec. And um, with those uh, two instruments, um, they're 
quite expensive instruments. I'm in the process of trying to obtain those two for myself. Um, <laughs> I, when I was working at a local university, I was uh, training students how to use them. And it, you know, it takes years to know how to use it properly. And, and that's another thing. Um, you can kind of, there's gray area in how to use it. It's all honestly in the operator's hands because you can, um, let's just say you can put a sample in that machine and you can make it spit a variety of inputs and outputs. Let's, let's just say. And oh, wasn't know... statistics fun? Exactly. <laughs> and so in order to, you have to have good standard operating procedures for that particular instrument in general. Like for example, Agilent has a certain kind of um, gas chromatography that works different than a Perkin Elmer um, gas chromatography machine. And uh, those kind of nuances is very crucial and if if I see a small brand actually own their own, and it's operated by um, a biochemist, I would definitely feel like that is a seal of approval. Just because, um, like the I just noticed because I've worked in you know mid tier companies, high volume companies, and now myself having a, a small volume, the bigger it gets the more cogs that are slowly the there's certain margins that need to be cut and slivered and as far as fiscally as well as um workers and unfortunately the the magic is kind of lost just like what you were saying when you control it yourself at home you know exactly but it wouldn't it be awesome to also have you know those instruments at hand and being skilled on how to use it as well um, yeah and the consistency absolutely yes and i've i've heard um you know definitely correct me if i'm wrong um when i'm wrong um the essentially when you get it fresh off the plant you cut it down you let it dry give it like send seven days or something if you were to test the thc levels it would read it one and then if you were to test let's say 14 days later perhaps it would say maybe even as much as like 10 percent lower on yeah the over so yeah it, it absolutely is could be uh manipulated it could be you know it's it's like which, which is another reason why it's infuriating when people are like, what's the THC percentage? It's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all yeah. a lie. Unless, yeah. uh, depending on the type of product, um, shelf life stability is very important. And depending on what the kind of product is, if it's just the flower, I mean, you can only do so much. It's going to slowly right. degrade over time. But, right. Uh, Unless you keep it, you know, UV sealed, which is yes. why I like like these little jars. Like yes, exactly, because mm -hmm. light will definitely um, oxidize and oxidative stress. I mean, we know we're out in the sun. Like the UV is not forgiving, especially <laughs> in Texas. And and yeah, uh, myself, uh, I put other antioxidants. Like I have. Um, tocopherol, mixed tocopherols, 
and that gives it um, a higher shelf life and to help stabilize the CBD to give it extra you know antioxidant benefits from that so it doesn't have such a steep curve down it's like because it does degrade even my CBD isolate that I um, have in an airtight concealer um, it says like the shelf life is 12 months so I'm you know I just throw it out after them if it, if it comes all of it yeah which I don't know if everyone is doing in all these companies you know it's hard to say that's why you know you have to go yeah I mean indeed they say you know I like you said I do think that the smaller the operation the more controlled it is completely unrelated but related you know the beauty industry and my husband he works in the cheese industry and oh my god the quality of your cheese you guys it all depends on you it's so true they have standards you know and detectors and lasers and all kinds of stuff too but mostly it you know it, it just depends on who's running the machine like you said um kind of to circle back a little bit to what you were talking about earlier, just, you know, about the whole thermal and stuff like that. I have sciatic nerve pain. Is ah. that something that would work for like me? Yes, 100%. Because with sciatica, um, it's very similar to neuropathy. Um, you're just getting bombardation of prostaglandins on your nerves, on your sciatic nerve in particular. Mm. And Basically, CBD with studies, if it can go through the epidermis into the dermal layer where your nerves lie, it can act as a um, prostaglandin blocker. And if you have a true transdermal product, one thing though, uh, so you can get a true transdermal uh, product at a compound pharmacy where they have... Um, penetration enhancers that they will mix along with um, the base salve and the CBD to get. So that is one reason why I was like, well, I don't see anything that's off the shelf. You have to go to a compounding pharmacy. I was like, mm -hmm. why not have, you know, kind of bridge the two worlds together, kind of something where, um, you know, someone wants to walk into a store and they can get an actually true transdermal product. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know any of that, but I've definitely been looking for something, you know, stretching only does so much and it's a pretty frequent, at least once a month, you know, it just starts tightening up and shooting those pains down your leg and there's not much you can do, but bite it out. Um, what other like things would you necessarily say it's good for, you know, besides like foot pain, back pain, just any kind of general pain? Yes. That sounds so, unsophisticated. I'm sorry, but pain. Sorry, that's fine. <laughs> so, yes, the, the definition of pain is uh, pain comes from your nerves. Like, when, let's, for example, someone who has uh, developed nerve damage. Uh, my mom was in a car accident years ago and she suffered some nerve damage on her shoulder. And, like, one time she was wanting me to massage her shoulder and she was like, I don't feel anything and I was like oh my god so um when people experience a significant amount of nerve damage you don't feel anything and mm -hmm. uh, so the pain is coming from the prostaglandins bombarding the nerves and your nerves still being 
alive, they're being imitated. And so uh, with that said, um, having, um, for example, let's say you ran a, a marathon and afterwards you experienced the DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, the DOMS, uh, the earlier, like 15 or maybe 20 years ago, DOMS was thought of that the lactic acid um, buildup in your muscles from the, uh, the anaerobic respiration that was happening was causing uh, the muscles to be inflamed and irritated, causing pain. But we've realized that that DOMS effect of the lactic acid, it has no factor in the pain. The lactic acid has nothing to do with the pain. It's everything to do with the prostaglandin. So um, after your muscles have been stressed and, uh, for, and there's these micro tears that occur, um, your muscle fibers, you know, it's, you know, below the dermal layer is where your muscles are and especially the myofascia. And so one thing that I have on my, uh, on my website is I have these massage guns and that has vibrational therapy along with the cells can help with breaking up the fascia. And one interesting thing about fascia, I think of it as a, a tissue that is the glue to skin and um, your muscles. And okay. for uh, like there's for, and I used to be a track athlete in college and I do remember um, there, it, it was like right towards the end of my career, there were people using like these KT tapes and um, uh, people thought it was pseudoscience at first, but um, essentially it's helping kind of change the angles of your myofascia so that it's not pulling on your nerves and causing that prostaglandin release. So mm -hmm. when you're running and you know your muscles are contracting and stretching, kind of like these little rubber bands, there's these micro tears, um, that force has also put pressure onto your nerves and that physical force, then your body's uh, biochemical reaction is to make more prostaglandins to try to get more blood flow to the area and in actuality that causes that soreness pain and so uh see that see this cbd cell can help with that as well wow i've seen wow. those guns before not just on your website but in other places and always kind of wondered like how much besides obviously massaging and vibrating which a bunch of products do that but that style of gun that's kind of newer, right? Like, I feel like you've only seen those pop up in the last 10 years. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, so I've noticed, um, cause like, uh, I was really interested in um, like physiotherapy. Like when I saw my mom go through it, uh, she would go to the chiropractor or her physiotherapist and they would have those, those guns. It was usually like a, a chiropractor if you went there or like uh, uh, someone who's helping with rehabilitation, they would have those um, instruments present. And along with like ultrasound therapy um, and cryotherapy, but those um, uh, guns have this certain vibrational motion that helps to break up the fascia. 
in such a way, I think of it as kind of like an iron. You have like wrinkles in your fabric and each of those kinks of your wrinkles is pulling. If you've ever seen like a hang thread um, in the fabric of your clothes along with the wrinkle, and if you iron it out, it kind of smooths out those, maybe those hanging, you know, looped ends in your fabric. So it kind of presses it down and uh, physically changes the fascia to be smooth. And so that, that massage gun is kind of acting as that uh, fabric, and, you know, iron, just like ironing out the fascia so that it's not pulling on the nerves. So, um, the fascia is in between your dermal layer and your dermal layer is where your nerves are. Um, well, the beginning of your nerves and the ending of your nerves is in between that, that muscle. And if you iron out the fascia, you are kind of ironing out the, um, the tension between the muscles and the skin. And uh, I, I, I think uh, there is a the full uh, myofascia network, um, I believe it was 2019 or 2020, um, this doctor pronounced the another organ in our body that we never knew really existed before, and it's called the interstitum. And the interstitum is the full myofascia network. And we realize that it is an organ and they all communicate with each other each of these uh, fascia pieces due to someone had this certain type of skin cancer and when it ran from benign to malignant it transferred through the interstitum from the dermal layer into the myofascia into the muscle and um, that's when they realized okay this is a system that is you know very we're trying to wonder, understand why, you know, certain localized cancers can metastasize and it's due to the interstitum. And if we think about it in um, kind of like a, okay, we want to help with pain sense, having just dermal CBD products on the top isn't going to be enough. Going down to where the dermal layer is uh, and where that interstitum area is, is where you're going to get maximum pain relief. Wow. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Oh, I love it. Like you just, I, wow. That's all I have. I'm speechless over here. I've just never really thought about it. And I'm going to have to go buy your products now for sure. <laughs> Out of all of, I mean, cause you have, you have several different blends right now. What would you say is like, your favorite product, your go-to, and do you have anything in the works for in the future? Yes, okay, so I started off, I wanted to be very um, rogue, because uh, I have friends here who grow, and um, I'm in the process of trying to start a partnership, because they're, they're increasing their facilities to have a lab, and um, nice. but they don't have any lab personnel, and so, we're like uh, right here. That area, <laughs> it's, fingers crossed, um, working out a partnership that I will be the lead of the lab and I will do their lab testing for their products for free if I can, you know, have my own products there and, you know, 
have my own manufacturing little area and so that that's in the works um but uh as far as formulation goes the reason why i went really low on if you see I, all three of my products is 350 milligrams cbd and <laughs> With dermal products, that is very low. At least I've seen 750, 500, 1,000 milligrams. And I just wanted to show the consumer, and I've given um, the friends that uh, that own this uh, facility, they were like why, like, why is it so low, 350? I'm like, try it, try it. <laughs> and they were like, wow, like, this is really interesting. And I was like, yeah. And the reason why I did that at first is because first I wanted to you know, stretch the amount of CBD isolate I had. But another thing is I wanted to prove that penetration enhancers work. You can work with a little bit of amount of CBD. Um, I do want to, in the future, I'm going to extend to 500,000. But um, if you have a dermal product that is, uh, so I consider dermal products different than transdermal because trans just means going through the skin and dermal just kind of being on the top layer. A, a thousand milligram CBD uh, dermal product that has no penetration in those um, you kind of feel the grittiness of the salve. And it's because you're leaving all those CBD crystals on the top layer of your skin is kind of a waste. Mm. And I wanted it to be elegantly finished that when you rub it in, there is nothing left. It's already been seeping down. And, uh, I've noticed, and also in skincare, but also controversial subject, but even in mm -hmm. our, uh, uh, Kismeka Corbett, the lady who created all the vaccines, micro encapsulation um, as a cosmetic, um, and one thing I didn't talk about myself having is uh, I created the CBD to have micro encapsulation. So as it's penetrating the you know the lipid layers of your skin it helps the um so that the cbd isn't getting lost in the upper seven layers of your epidermis and that it's kind of uh, a time released formula so you're not just um getting pain relief for two hours and then it wears off um oh. the encapsulation acts as a slow release so Let's say you have like a Tylenol on your shelf and then you have uh, extended release or um, yeah, like they're called extended release Tylenol. The difference is in that sugar dextrose coating. Um, there's different kinds of microcapsulation properties in pharmacology or in cosmetics formulation or even in vaccines. And so um, microencapsulation, specifically lipid microencapsulation, um, is very it's very interesting, and I wanted myself to have those properties. So it's microencapsulated CBD, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, bog the consumer with too much info. But <laughs> I'm working on a informational video that will describe the different properties and why it sets it apart from a, a classic dermal product. It's more sophisticated, elegant than that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. We'll Hopefully that works that. out with, you know, the, the partnership. I hope so. We'll be watching, yeah.
Thank you. Yeah. I, and I want to extend um, into uh, cosmetics and, and skincare um, in mm -hmm. the future. But for now, um, to me, I see it as like the average person um, has pain. And to me, like you can't do anything in life until you figure out like what's going on like pain wise. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to focus my brand on those who are suffering. And I, now that like, I didn't, you know, my life, I didn't have uh, uh, pain issues, but that really changed my life in 2019. And I was like, wow, I can't focus on anything. And I'm like, I can't focus on skin. I can't focus on anything else. So I was like, okay, focus on the pain and get that word out there and then focus on other products. Yeah. Like it's, it's debilitating and it's one of those, like, you know, when it hits, you're just like, how long is this going to last? Especially when it's gone for longer than like a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's the worst, especially, yeah. When exercising and all that other stuff isn't helping, it's like, what do you do from there? Like, you know, some of us who might be young forties, you know, aren't willing to do like surgery. You know, I'm, I'm really hoping to never, you know, have to do surgery. Like, I don't really think that that's necessarily going to help in the situation. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like the more uh, product diversity that is out there, it can lead people to avenues to have them uh, seek relief. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, my you know, yeah, like, it, it arguably could be, you know, why some people, you know, get too far into with alcohol or just other hard drugs, like, just because they're trying to find any way to themselves, yeah, or yes. just yeah. yeah, avoid the problem. So, um, now you mentioned shelf life. So, your product, like you know, just from the average consumer perspective, they get the salve, they open it. Like, how long from the time they open it, um, you know, and they they keep it, you know, on a shelf out of direct light. Like, what, what would you say is the average shelf life for that product? The average shelf life is between 18 to 24 months at room temperature. And uh, it's the, so the room temperature is crucial because hmm. I do know I, I uh, so I do stability testing and basically uh, you have like a little incubator. It's in like a little, uh, and you could control the temperature in there. So usually uh, the standard is 37 degrees Celsius and you put your uh, your product in there and it, it the 30 degree 37 degrees Celsius is kind of this soft spot area of where microbes and molds love to grow and it kind of speeds up the process of uh, kind of acting as if uh, the the product has aged 12 months. And so I noticed growth um, uh, at that temperature uh, over like a, like sitting in there for like two or three weeks. So when you do the back calculation, it's uh, 18. So that's one 
I, I love to talk about stuff like this so that the consumer knows like what it took for a, a small brand, well, how it should be um, a small brand to put something on the market. It's like you do stability testing and, yeah. and, and so you're supposed to have a little sticker that says, hey, at room temperature for 18 months or for 24 months or 12 months, like in your cosmetic. Like yeah, you're basically like a biochemist, scientist, cosmetologist, dermatologist. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> it's no different than any entrepreneur brand where you're like, no, I am every department over here figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what did, okay, so I, I promised that we'd ask you about your, your uh, education. So yes. where did you go to school? Like, um, how did you... Get, get into that. Yeah. Being a, a biochemist. Yes. Yeah, so let's mosey on down to 2001. <sighs> my mom was in a major car accident and um, my mom was given, I was in sixth grade at the time. She, uh, she was on Vioxx and Celebrex. Her, her, her um, doctor was the same doctor that gave the lethal dose to Michael Jackson. So he was working in Houston um giving people quite bad prescriptions and uh, kind of damaged my mom and and so i so there was a pattern jesus yes so yes there was a pattern he had malpracticed with, with several 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 people um during his career but so um seeing what my mom went through going through taking those medications and her trying to seek relief uh I'm a Nigerian American. I was born here, but my parents are Nigerian. And she um, it, she would like to use something kind of like uh, Asian parents would use something called tiger rub, tiger balm. Uh, Nigerians, we have something called rub. And it's basically this mentholated um, petroleum salve. And, you know, menthol in studies do does show that it has uh, analgesic properties so it helps mm -hmm. with numbing pain and um it, it did help with my mom and and constant massaging to try to get her nerve and and, and uh, certain areas were pained and certain areas she felt nothing so we're trying to get that back um so understanding that i was reading several books i was reading anatomy books um my mom was buying me all these things and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Um, but then I saw how, you know, and, and I respect every single profession and I'm not bashing every single doctor, but there are bad apples. And it was having that interaction and seeing that side of how much damage a bad doctor can do. It deterred me from being a doctor. So I went into... Uh, my first year of college, I went to school at Houston Baptist University. Um, one strange thing about Nigerians is that they think private school is better than a public school. So I wanted to go to UT Austin, but my parents were like, no, public school is not good. Private school is best. And they told me that if I didn't go to the specific school, that they would disown me because they were very strict. Uh, and that's not just Nigerian parents. <laughs> yeah, Nigerian parents are so sure. So I did what they I, I was told, but then after a year of that, I was like, this is not the place of study for me. I need I'm to gonna go. go. <laughs> they had really small labs. The professors had 
uh, you know, they had some good research, but it wasn't very vast in what I wanted to do um, or things that I was interested in. So I transferred to um, Texas State University in San Marcos and their biochemistry department is very huge. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I graduated there um, and then uh, I was working at UT um, after I graduated there and I um, was taking these, you know, master's courses that I did not finish <laughs> because um, one thing I'm bitter about, uh, UT, when, if you weren't working on COVID research, they furloughed you. So during COVID, in the stock rooms and the labs that wasn't working on COVID research were let go. And we were told we were gonna be furloughed for just only a few months. Yeah. And then um, when I realized that we were going to be fur furloughed longer, I applied for unemployment and they made sure they contacted uh, the uh, uh, unemployment office. They made sure that none of us could get unemployment and they said that all of us were fired. Like what? how can you fire all of us? So there was a class action well, Yes, there was a class action lawsuit. Um, there were some people who sued the university personally. I don't know if you've seen the news, but like the the president of uh, UT stepped down because of all those decisions that were made and he like pretty much up and left and went to another university and then we had this interim and yeah, so academia made me uh, realize that I did not want to be in academia now because uh, I, I, I guess I loved usually people after um, undergrad or after you know a master's they cling on to academia because that's all they know uh -huh. and they know how you know it's kind of the wild wild west with I feel like institutions like these colleges they don't know how to transition scientists into uh, private labs or mm -hmm. private businesses. And um, because at my school, they didn't have like these um, partnerships, like, you know, some, some universities do have partnerships with outside, like uh, I know Procter Glam uh, Gamble, they have some partnerships with universities around uh, their headquarters. But besides that nuance, there's not that um, bridge. And so people love to stay in academia and I was one of them, but then I decided I was like, especially after being upheaved like that, I was like, I'm never mm -hmm. going to go through that ever again. And so I was like, okay, what's, what's a private sector like? And <laughs> I love it. It is kind of scary because, you know, um, the, the control I've noticed is in the hands of people who are not scientists. And mm -hmm. the, the, the vision and mission of the, of the company is more finance based. And yes, mm -hmm. you know, we get stipends from like the National uh, Science Foundation. Like a, we had like a million dollar grant for the lab that I was working at and, um, from the NSF. And, but, and, and, you know, we had to make sure that it was the scientists that would, um, you know, have, and the PI that was dealing with what what was the destiny of the land of, of the lab and the trajectory of it versus in private sector it's um 
that's one thing I, I, I don't like about it. And, and that's one reason why I wanted this lab to be my, well, my own uh, brand to be just like all science focused and um, no, no matter what, like as little cut corners, if not none possible. And right. um, that just give me my budget, let me work in it, and then. Yes. You know, we'll go from there. Because quality sure. is important to me, mm -hmm. and um, things that even the consumer wouldn't realize. And right, because we don't know. Like, half of that, uh, yeah, half of no. what we need, the consumer has no idea. Like we don't have a fucking clue. Like yes. I got, so I got my this ear piercing, right? This little cute one up here. Yeah, it's cute mm -hmm. now. When I first got this done. It was by some fucking dude in the, like, Chameleon Studio in the garage um, in Cambridge, um, like, in Harvard Square. And, like, this place was, like, something everybody talked about. Everybody goes to get piercings done there, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like... It was originally done at this weird fucked up angle where like the 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 thing would come up at like this and like I could never get anything to sit in there right and I'm like well, you know whatever and like when he did it I was like well you know what it, why is it at this weird angle he's like oh something about nerve endings or some shit and I was like okay cuz like what the fuck do I know like I'm an accountant <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know so then years later um, as an accountant, like one of our clients is, is a piercer that comes in and I was like showing him this and I'm like, and he's like, why is it at an angle? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him what happened and he's like, I can fix that. Just take it out and like whatever. And, you know, and then in like a couple of months when it's all healed up, I will repierce it. And I was like, okay, Yay. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks amazing. And I had my conch pierce, and that looked amazing, too. But then when I got pregnant, like, it got weird, and, like, there was this, like, bubble thing, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm taking it out because I'm pregnant. And I don't want to deal with this shit. Ah, uh, yes, yes. But, yeah, as a consumer, we don't necessarily yeah. know what no. all goes into making a product. That's why they, you know the directions on the back of the bottle for us because right yeah, we, we don't know to, no yeah we you know we try to look we try to do our research but there's so much information out there yeah. and a lot of it's misinformation and what's funny is that yeah. uh on my facebook i'm very boisterous on my personal facebook because um, i'm warning my friends i'm like please <laughs> um everyone's asking me they're like linda you've worked in quality control why are there all these recalls and I've wanted to like do a YouTube video on why recalls Here's why. Yeah. it's like it's crazy to see you know this pandemic has shown the underbelly of US manufacturing and just <laughs> manufacturing as a whole point blank period when I went into the private sector for the first time after leaving UT um I was like, what? Because, you know, in in academia, we're really focused to make sure so that when we publish a paper, everything is just exactly on the procedures that you said you were going to do. And then at mm -hmm. the end of that, you can make reputable results and that any scientist in the world who wants to do your experiment can get the exact same result. 
the scientific way. And it's like manufacturing is not that way at all. Manufacturing, especially in the US, I'm just like, they're like, but oh, we're so proud of the products we make here. We are so, I mean, you know, you <laughs> stick a made in the USA sticker on it and people go wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, why you really got to like drill people. And like, honestly, when I first saw that on air bottom bags, I was like, what does that really mean? And then, it's integrity. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you not just in every and, American brand. Right. Just no, no, that. No, but, yeah. Yeah. Like there are some brands that I've visited their facility and granted I didn't work there, but <laughs> I was like, this is brand good. Like I can eat ice cream off this food. <laughs> like yeah. that's how good yep. it is. Versus yep. some places I've I've toured to work there. I was like I'm going to wanna cut my head off because I hate the, I hate how everything's yeah. done it. Like there's just right. so many I need a shower. Out. After yes. <laughs> yes. In any industry, you're going to have those people. My husband, like I said, he, my husband works in a cheese in, in the cheese factory, and he does a lot of quality control. And he's not very liked because he is that guy. He's that. He's a lot like us, where you know he's just like we have these rules and these standards for a reason. It's not freaking rocket scientists, you know. But you will get, you know. Lazy employees, people that are willing to cut corners or just sign off on things that they, you know, are not really paying attention to. They're more concerned about their jobs and their side hustles and, you know, everything else. And so, yeah. Um, Especially these big Support brands. local. <laughs> as much as you can, if they have integrity. Yeah. For you example, know, made in the USA. <laughs> well, we could talk about, like, Johnson & Johnson in this, uh, this oh. sunblock controversy. It's like... Oh, oh, it's not the talcum? <laughs> yes. Oh, that, you know, that too. But um, specifically with the sunblock, um, there are auditors from the FDA that come in. It's like, well, how did y'all miss that, right? Well, I've worked with auditors before, and sometimes the bigger brands get the auditors that kind of, you know, do Look the, the other way. over. And they walk right out. The stuff we see on TV, as far as the sleazy businessmen go, that is so much more real. I mean, we're not just popping this stuff off our head. They're everywhere. You know, money goes a long way as far as getting a product out there and getting recognition. We kind of talked about this with Green Rush, just about how, you know, if you have the money to say, hey, this is the best. One that gets me, I'm like... I, I, I hope you go into cosmetology because I have a real thing about cosmetology. I don't wear makeup. I'm very just, you know, come as I am. But there's reasons for this. And it's, you know, like dermatology tested. Like, you mean you surveyed somebody. Yeah, it's so... Yeah. <laughs> so see, she laughs. She knows exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. It well, drives me nuts. That's, that's why I, I want to get into it. And, and it's also... For me, it's like, okay, the skincare brands that I actually do like, or the cosmetic brands that I actually do like, um, because like I researched like, and I'm like, oh, I really like who their quality control person is because, you know, I'll listen to their shareholder meetings. And- You're going above and beyond. You're like, who cares? Like, what above says, this is like an account. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, the, 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 one thing is that the, the color range is not there. Um, with the brands that I do like. And I'm like, well, 
you know, I love your brand, but the color range is there. I'm like, right. okay. But there's right. nothing here that I would wear, could and wear. And then there, there's something called uh, green labeling, where they are saying, oh, no phthalates, no this, no pesticides, no non-GMOs, all this stuff. A lot of that stuff, because <laughs> they're, they're not making everything in-house. They're using all these third-party suppliers Right. And they're going by what the third party suppliers said that mm -hmm. on that label, not um, them retesting all that stuff that comes in. Me, everything that comes in, I retest everything because they can say whatever. And, and especially with these bigger manufacturers that are, or these bigger suppliers that are giving these, you know, they're you know, buying these, like, for example, me. Let's say I'm a huge uh, company and I am buying um, an active ingredient like I'm buying a certain retinol that this retinol said that it was vegan and blah 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 all this stuff well not only am I going to have a conversation with their quality control person to make sure that they're going to be you know a supplier that I'm going to use I'm going to order a small sample not almost none of these places do this order a small sample get it tested, talk to their quality control person. It's it's extra work, but it is very much necessary because that's how these recalls happen. Let's say, oh, you know, they have this huge order that's supposed to be going to Target. So, and their, you know, sole manufacturer can only give us this amount at this time. And so they use a manufacturer that they don't use often and they didn't do that extra check, or maybe that quality control person left and there's a new one and they're more lax. It's like, that's how these little, you know, these uh, contaminations happen. And yeah. I that's how I feel about celebrity brand specifically, yeah. whether it's anything else, they are all third party. So much. Right. Sorry about that. It's not already paying them, but they're paying someone else for you. They never look at the product themselves. All they want to see is the end result. And then. Well, they're probably not using the products either. They're not using the product. Yeah. So that is what's called white labeling. And I've done white <laughs> labeling for brands. So I worked at this whiskey brand um, and we, made, we had our own flagship whiskeys. And then smaller brands will come to us and ask me to formulate the, their product. And then um, we would put their label on it, even though it was made mm -hmm. by this whiskey brand. And, mm -hmm. and what's funny is that a lot of, and it's not just with whiskey, it's almost all the industry. There are, I would say, maybe if it's, if it's, if we're not talking about small brands, but the, the ones that are in stores, most of them are manufactured by these top five cosmetic manufacturers. Almost a lot of it is white labeled. Uh, Fenty is white labeled. Um, uh, if, really? By, by I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they push that so hard. That's why I get so mad at cosmetology commercials and stuff because they push this. So you'll see them in their fancy outfits. Like they're testing it themselves and putting it on themselves. And you're like, you, first of all, you're still wearing makeup. Second of all, do you really know her name? Do you? <laughs> Is that? Yeah. I would be impressed if they knew their quality control supervisor. 
that's oh. like okay, yeah, but- legit. And they know them by name because if they are visiting these facilities, like for example, mm-hmm. me, I was interviewing to 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 work at the these facilities at, as their quality control supervisor. But me, like I went there and I was talking to you know the the head supervisor, and I'm like, oh, and I'm asking them like. Oh, how how are your procedures working and all that stuff? If I was uh, someone who wanted to, let's say, buy the brand or even white label with them, I want to make sure that oh, you're doing right qualities. Or I'll be like, I'll be like, I'll just pretend I don't even have a degree and just be like, walk me through. Um, and it just from intuition, if I'm like, oh, that seems like a cutting corner, I would ask questions. Um, pretty much, you you get to the point where. At the end of the day, they're kind of like, um, you know, your 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 right hand person. Like they're the they're the cog that makes the whole manufacturing plant work. And mm-hmm. if they don't know them by name, I'd be very 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 uh, inquisitive. <laughs> you know, if you put your face on a product, you want to yeah. know the person who's like making sure the whole thing is working. You know. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know how their practices are. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like. Did you have any other um, hitting questions, Angie, as far as the business goes? Um, probably nothing. I mean, you know, what? Do you use any recycled products in your. Or. No, but everything is recyclable. So uh, the aluminum tins that I'm using, um, they're all recycled. Um, I, when I do expand my line, I will want it to be glass packaging and use mm-hmm. just as few plastics as possible. So I, I do feel like as a duty that I, packaging wise, I, I care about that. And, yeah. um, but also- Seems like a very random question, but I got one. Um, who designs your labels? Yes. Okay. So I found this Instagrammer, um, and I really liked. Um, she she would make these uh, really interesting, like cartoon esque, um, uh, like sketches. And mm-hmm. um, uh, let me make sure I know her uh, full uh, Instagram name. I want to shout her out. She's she's done such a great. Um, but yeah, I, I just found her. Yeah, well, I was just asking because I definitely checked out your website and stuff, obviously, before this interview. And I really liked the, I loved, you know, the vibe with the power, you know, the background and the courts and the women and it all very cohesive. I love the warm tone. So I was like, I wonder who designed her logos and stuff. I do a lot of the stuff for the page. I consider yes. myself a, a novice designer, so I was curious yeah. to know. <laughs> Definitely not me. So her handle is uh, demon underscore s underscore eyes. So demon cool. eyes. And yeah, she just has beautiful work. That's awesome. Yeah. I had one that I went back to. You were talking about just um, shelf life and obviously how important temperature is. I scribbled something down and then had to stare at it for a while before I could figure out what I even wrote. But uh, it was good information to know just as far as storing goes, because 
a lot of cos uh, you know face products and stuff people will throw them in the refrigerator or throw them in the freezer because of the cooling effect or you know just whatever it is so you wouldn't recommend like putting it in the freezer would that change the texture you know being that it's a salve instead of like you know a lotion or a moisturizer yes okay so refrigeration i would say that would be the most optimal like okay see that's what i would do i you know i like that cooling effect when you put something on you know your back and so i was curious that's why i wrote down for so yeah. but with, <laughs> with freezing so that's one thing that um i'm glad you mentioned with mm -hmm. freezing with my pro uh, with my product because of the encapsulation properties it and and with freezing if you've noticed sometimes if you put a certain volume of water in a in an ice tray sometimes the the ice will expand outside of that that the, the molecules uh, expand and with the micro encapsulation that I have it would expand it and actually break those micro encapsulate bubbles. Um, that has the CBD, so it kind of would break that microencapsulation. So I would not recommend freezing. So fridge, uh, fridge only. The fridge, fridge yeah. only. Okay, yeah. fridge that's only. good to know, though. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I don't throw things in the freezer too often, but you know, like we just said, we don't know anything. So it's it was a thought to bring up because um, it being that you know, kind of like you said, salve bomb, oily texture. You know, sometimes if you put it in the refrigerator or like, say you leave it out, the next thing you know, it's it's either liquidy or it's hard and not like malleable to use, you know, so. Exactly. Um, I've noticed because I have um, for just stability purposes was looking at the, um, you know, I, I put it in the refrigerator and it does get firmer, but um, <laughs> just because it gets firmer, it will as you you know rub it will just melt right back um and it, it doesn't it doesn't cause any separation within the product cool. awesome. that was my last question so yeah some people nothing some people ask if it's vegan currently it's okay vegan. i'm using a local beeswax okay. uh, a, i have friends who they have like a bee farm and I was like, oh, I, I want to use your raw again. That's cool though. Yeah. Well, you see how much we cared though. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, that matters. Right. It does matter oh. to some people though. You know, just like you said, everything that goes into it. Um, right. Do you list that stuff on your website? How can, you know, people find out more information and get in contact with you? Yes. Um, they can fill out um, the, uh, to contact us. Um, and I also have a phone number listed on there that they can um, text me or call me directly um, and also have an email listed there. Awesome. Is it, okay. would you say like all natural ingredients though? Yes. In your, yeah. everything is all natural. Yes. Awesome. A natural slash um, uh, USB. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, where can people find you? Um, they are me on uh, Instagram uh, with uh, MedSalves with the S, and mm -hmm. uh, they can also find the website at www.medsalve.com. 
Awesome. It was so lovely to meet you and to talk with you. And I feel like, yeah, I learned so much. You blew my mind on more than one occasion during this interview. I'm going to be listening back to it like, wow. A couple of times. Yeah. A couple just, of times. Yeah. It was so yeah. nice to talk to y'all too. I, I would love to, you know, talk to y'all soon. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Keep in contact. Well, I will message yeah. you after this, you know, of course, and um, <laughs> we will tag you and, all the little, you know, fun things I make. In the <laughs> I want to hear more about your growing, you, you know, your growing operation. I, I, I love that aspect. Um, I, right. I'm helping this one brand uh, with their um, their feed, um, oh. and um, they want me to lab test their their feed, and so I like their nutrient line. That's amazing! amazing. Wow. I was curious, um, you know, I, I, I just love stuff like that and curious what y'all were doing. And, um, sorry, I was like, oh, like, I, I felt like I talked about myself too much. Like, I oh, no, no. no. <laughs> like, we, yeah, we, we, we each do different things. So it's, it's funny that you ask. And we weren't trying to, like, push you out or anything. Like, we were just like, yeah, oh, no. okay. Um, yeah, no, we can talk about ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so I use, um, an, an organic dry, um, for me, like for my nutrients. Like I, I do like a little bit. So I, I do a super soil mix where I take my recycled soil, my, you know, spent soil, and then I add a bunch of amendments in it. Um, like bat guano, um, uh, Langbylite, a bunch of other stuff. Like, I think you used like alfalfa. Selvin. No, no, I don't use alfalfa. No. Um, no, but I do use like crab meal and like some That's you know, right. bunch of stuff. And um, and then worm castings and yes. then, yeah, so I do that. And that gets them through like all the way up until like early flower. Um, and, and then I use my green rush, which is a you know, 100% organic, dry product, um, you know, that it's just, I, I love it so much. Um, and then uh, Ms. Shaylee. I'm completely the opposite spectrum right now. But I do have, like, organic elements in my garden. I do have my own warm bin. Yeah. I use growth and, you know, yeah, um, I use Real Growers Recharge, which is kind of like, what Angie was talking about, but um, for more of a compost purpose, it's got kelp and molasses and, you know, just a bunch of organic humic acids, folic acids, stuff like that. But as far as my nutrients go, I am biosynthetic and I am liquid. So um, I have one bottle harvest to, you know, seed to harvest, simple. Yeah, it does everything for me besides the added um organic microbes and like i use um fish shit which is you know fish yeah. compost yeah um, yeah and then the fish and photo plus mm -hmm. yes so, so but do you use yeah. photo so plus? We have both sides over here yeah <laughs> hey, cool. interesting i would love to understand the like the the micro mineral um like content between both y'all soils to compare it. That would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. I can um, send you my list. Yeah. <laughs> what did you, you say? Sorry. They kind of. Uh, wait, that's not what. See, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'll be, it's like skipping on you, but then I can hear Angie. 
Oops. We interrupt that we do it every episode at some point where we start to kind of interrupt each other. Uh, But I was just saying that we had her spot with her nutrient sponsor on last week. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we got in too depth about the science, but he does have on his website and it's a really good one. So you might check that out. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely has a lot of the ingredients, you know, maybe not the science of like, you know, exactly measurements or whatever, but you can definitely get an idea of, you know, what goes into green rush. And then I'll send you my super soil mix just for fun. And then you can tell me if there's anything you might suggest to add to it. Cause I'm always on the lookout and thinking about it and like, you know, just like soil content and like, um, drainability. Cause obviously that's a big thing with, with these plants and yes, you know, soil testing is, is, is crucial. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the soil testing, not the, not just what's in the bottles, but like when everything's synergistically together. <gasps> yeah. Do you yeah. want, well, like I said, do you want me to send you a sample of my soil? Because that I will, so like, yeah, I, I need to get the proper equipment, or if I partner with okay. these people, then I will have the proper Okay, let me know. Yeah. And then let me know if you want it, like, 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 a, like, the super soil, like, before I would use it with the plants, or, like, you know, what stage do you want it at? Like, we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. See, I want to get to all that eventually, but I'm uh, a little bit more of like the control freak, slow learner. You know what I mean? Like, I get very in my head about everything. So simplicity has been best for me so far. Um, I mean, I like to get creative with my soil mix, um, but not in the organic every amendment phase just yet. Like. Now that I'm home again, though, I really want to dedicate that time again. Like when I first started growing, I was watching YouTube every day, reading, you know, just and then you kind of get into the Instagram, you know, creating or maintaining (laughs) aspect of just like getting by and taking care of your plants that you kind of stop. And so I want to get back into that, you know, where I'm not just content in my simple solution, but continuing to learn, you know what I mean? So. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been well, trying. it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I guess we're <laughs> we're um, out of topics, but we could sit here yeah. and talk about oh, ourselves yeah. all day long. But yeah, then we're just repeating ourselves. Do you have any other growing questions? Or, well, yeah, yeah growing did you questions. have any? Yes. Um, so uh, what kind of lights are you using and um, why? Me who first. <laughs> Yeah, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Um, I use a full spectrum LED light. Um, I have two different ones right now. One is more of, I would say, the white blue spectrum, and the other is more of the white red spectrum. Um, you know, they say that one is better for flower and one is, I don't know. All I know is that it's full spectrum and, it, you know, it's got me. Ah, the bicycle lighting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, started with the blurple lights that, oh, you know, okay. very specific change out. Um, but now I guess with more research and stuff like that, they're finding that a more full spectrum, uh, still with more reds than blues, but with um, that added, you know, full spectrum, it benefits more because even though you don't need high levels of say like blue or green, or sorry, not blue, but green or yellow, it's still it 
it's the sun. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so. Yeah. Yeah. Do the best to fake it. But yeah, yeah I, I also have the full spectrum um, LEDs. Um, mine have red and blue lights, like both of them. They have them both. It's just like yeah. one has more than the other. I think, yeah. So. And like one of mine, you flip a switch to flower. But honestly, like the only difference is like if you flip a switch, they just it goes on to like 100 percent. So um, which it's come a long way right. since. Yeah, yeah when but even the other one um, is, is the same thing where it's like it's it's just a better light um, and it's like more appropriate for the size of tent it is. So that was a big thing like the when I was looking like one I didn't have I didn't measure my tent and so I was a dumbass and didn't get the the right size uh, footprint um for that so like that's on me um but yeah so the second light I made sure that you know it had a flowering footprint a four by four so I didn't you know have any wasted space yeah um spider farmer so I'm I have the four by two tent, but it's definitely not four by two. Um, it's ginormous. This one's a four by two. <laughs> so I feel like I have that ed added space now where everything needs to be like compact in the center. So I'm thinking about getting another one in there, but they have a great, you know, if you're a beginner and you're trying to like get into a general range as far as PPFD goes and, you know, your DLR and all the, I said DLR. That's probably not right, but all that stuff, they have meters um, for they that. Have, they do. Um. YouTube. You can learn so much with it. We're so smart, right? <laughs> what is y'all's favorite way of partaking? Because I remember that was one of the questions that Angie sent me. But for me, it's um, a, I love bongs. Bongs. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I prefer a hand pipe for my like daily everyday use um, sometimes uh, bongs to mix it up but yeah usually some sort of glass product 90% bongs and then you know on the rare occasion <laughs> lately now that I grow my own and I have enough we have started to buy blunts and joints again but it's really um, like the the nighttime I like to sit yeah. out on my porch at night and smoke a blunt with my husband but besides that like I'm bong <laughs> I do like the like we like to do occasional cone so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like cones too yeah I can't really roll my husband yeah I so I do like packing cones. it so. yeah the cones are nice um because I suck at running rolling blood like uh, <laughs> always they always like tear on me and like yeah. Mm. Or they just spray out. And so, like, you know, the end is so, you end up coning it anyways, packing it yeah. in, and, you know, so, yeah. See, that's why you just, you get the, the little, the cone packer, and you just put the cone mm -hmm. packer, and you just, like, and then you just grind, and then you push it in, and it's just easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video on Instagram um, yesterday where this guy, he had one of those tips on it, and, I mean, it was a cone, duh, they all have tips, what am I talking about? But anyways, he just sucked it up off the tray with it in his I mouth and that. was just like and it filled up the cone and I was like hey, you have to pack it in, down a little bit though yeah. living in 2030 over here though I was like yeah. that is whoa, whoa. 
That's He's some lung power. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's all exercise. <laughs> you learn so much on Instagram, man. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. These can influencers of like. Oh no, my phone's going to die soon. I didn't oh. bring a, I didn't bring a cord with me. So whoops. <laughs> yeah. I've got five. All right. All right. Any okay, other questions? Well, real quick. <laughs> real quick, yeah. Lightning That's round. All for now. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll okay. We'll this. bring you back, though. You were amazing. Yes. Like this. This was amazing. This is our longest interview yet. Just because I feel like there's so much to learn and talk about, and you're such a good talker. So we will thank be in contact you. again. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank so you. Thank you for having me. Y'all have of a great course. day.